Today, I get to talk about something that I think tends to tear things apart, um, which is something that we want to guard ourselves against. And with that, I want to ask, you know, have you ever been angry? It's pretty quiet. Man, I am a terrible human being. Like, <laughs> have you ever been angry? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody's been angry. And some of us handle anger in different ways. Um, you know, when I was younger, when I was, uh, oh, I'm supposed to start a timer because I talk too much. Got it. Um, when I was younger, uh, I had a temper. Does anyone know somebody like me who has a temper? Maybe it's you has a temper, right? Um, and uh, so, so the way I handled my anger was very, <coughs> very projected, aggressive. Um, and I think that when we think about anger, that's kind of what we think about. When it's portrayed in a movie or something that we see, that's how it's portrayed. It's this very aggressive, projected, loud anger. And I can relate, because I used to be that person. Why I was that person, I don't know. God, I think, had a plan for that person, and I'm not that person anymore, thank God. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so anger is, is, is a real thing, but there's a place for it. And so as we look at the text today, understanding that Jesus was angry at times. God is angry. His wrath is a real thing. And so anger is not just a, a bad thing or something that we look at and go, oh, there's a person screaming and that's awful. Because that, that bit of anger is awful, yes. Um, but there is anger that is, is good and important. And usually it serves as something to teach us something, you know. A lot of times it's a, a good red flag for me anyway if I'm feeling angry that there's something I need to address in myself. And that's really important uh, that I get that. So let's look at the text for today with that in mind. And the, the text today is Matthew uh, 5, 21 through 26. We're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and this is a piece of that text dealing with anger. God is talking to um, primarily Jews and Pharisees while delivering this. And so there's some reference in here to things that they would relate with that might not make sense when you're just reading it. So let's take a look. All right, Matthew 5, 21 through 26. You have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift. There before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge 
and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Let's pray. God, I just pray that today you would be, Holy Spirit, you would be, uh, would be convicting us of areas in our lives where maybe there has been some root of anger, bitterness that's built. God, that you would allow us as we're coming today to the altar, we're here to worship. God, that you would be poking us with the areas in our lives where maybe there is still room for reconciliation. Lord, I just pray that you would be building us up as a body as we learn and grow and move together, that you would be uniting us and that anger would be getting out of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a couple things in this text that I want to talk about, and I'm going to try to not get, uh, because of the nature of how we are currently doing service, there's time for you guys to talk about the text. So I don't want to go uh, too far in, but I think there's some things that need clarity. Um, as I said before, anger is, is not always bad. We have examples of Jesus being angry. And so I want to clarify, because I think it was a while back, there was a message given by Victoria, I believe. And she talked about emotions and this idea that she felt like she just had to have these specific emotions or else there was like shame or guilt that came because, well, those are bad emotions. They're not good emotions. Um, and so I want to take that as we look at this and remove that and say, no, that's not what this is dealing with. The word that's used to describe this, who is angry in verse 22 is, uh, as well, John's not here today, it's a present tense participle. And, uh, and so what that means is that you, it, it is referring to like a carrying of anger or a maintaining of anger. It might be better referred to as like nursing a grudge or bitterness. Um, and so when we look at the text today, I want us to keep in mind that uh, there, there's a place for anger, um, and it's an interesting thing to understand. If you have questions, I can elaborate on that with you to the best of my understanding. The best thing to do, though, is to dig into Scripture if you're wanting to know where that place is. Look at the examples we have from Jesus um, being angry and what that looked like. Um, but what I do want to say about anger is I want to look at what Paul and James say about anger. <clears throat> um, in Ephesians 4, 26, it says, <clears throat> Be angry, but in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So Paul here is talking about, you know, when I was, I was chatting with John all about this text, and I was like, What's this mean? Because it sounds like kind of a command to be angry. I don't think that's really the exact case of, of this particular text. But I think that there's room for like a lot of times what we can do is shrug things off, right? So like you get upset about something. Somebody offends you. 
does something that uh, bothers you. Uh, an example I was thinking of this morning is sometimes people will say things to you, and in the moment, it doesn't feel quite right, but it doesn't feel quite wrong. And then later, you start thinking about the not quite right bit, right? Has that ever happened to anyone else? Happens to me all the time, so maybe I'm just a bum. But like, like you know, I, I'll hear something and I'll be like, that sounds good enough. And then later in the day, I'll be like, wait a minute, what were they trying to say about me? You know? <laughs> um, but so, so this idea of like being angry, I think, could be compared to when I was, ta- like I said, when I was talking to John, if, if you get frustrated by something and then you go, ah, oh, this isn't good, and you just chuck that in the closet, yeah? And you don't deal with it. So you don't, you don't get angry and deal with the anger. Instead, you just go, oh, that's another frustration. Well, guess what? Next time you open the closet and there's a giant pile of Glenn Ewart. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn, I had to throw you under the bus. Uh, you're going, man, that guy. You know, or maybe he just says something or she just says something that just hits on that same thing that's in that pile. And suddenly you're like, you know, it's this carrying of all this weight. So I think when Paul's talking about being angry and don't sin in your anger, it's deal with the issue. Don't try and just bury the issue. Because those things that we pile up behind us, we just find them later. And, th- and then it all starts getting worse. So Paul says, be angry, but don't sin in your anger. And don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I think this is relevant because Paul is saying, be angry, but get over it. Like, be angry and be done with it quickly. James gives us the other side of this piece, I think. Um, I, did, I don't know if I wrote, the, I think I did here. Yes, bam. So James gives us the other side. We have Saul, Paul saying, get angry and then get over it. James is saying, get angry slow. Like, don't, don't, don't that shouldn't be like the where you go to first. So he said uh, in James 1, 19, 20, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, understand what the anger is. Don't bury the stuff. But be slow to be angry, which means we're listening, which means we're, we're listening and we're slow to speak. But then a connecting with that and dealing with it and not letting it fester. This is the type of anger that I believe Jesus is talking about is Matthew, in Matthew. is this festering anger that accumulates in our lives and in our hearts when we do not deal with it, with God and with people. And some of the reason I believe that is the case is because of what Jesus says in the second bit of this text. Jesus says this in 23. uh, 
So if you are offended or are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled with your brother and then offer your gift. Part of our priority in glorifying and worshiping God is to be reconciled with each other. And Jesus is taking this a step further and saying, do it first. A lot of times we can go to church and be like, I'm bringing glory to God, and we're letting anger or bitterness fester in our hearts. And what Jesus is saying here is, come back and glorify me, yes, Go fix your relationship with your brother. So that's important that as we look in the, at this, we're looking and going, fixing those relationships, reconciliation. And I think that Jesus emphasizes this yet again in the next chapter when he talks about the Lord's Prayer. Would you say that with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who, as we forgive, <laughs> wow, I messed it up, I'm sorry. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. There's a weight to that prayer. Forgive us our debts as we are forgiving others. And so, once again, he is putting forward this concept of make it right. Don't let it, don't let your relationships get bitter. Don't let anger or frustration grow. If Sitting at a table today is causing frustration. And you're like, man, that Aaron guy. You know? Bury it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Or if there's something I've said to you, because I'm sure there's many times that I say things, and I tend to be somebody that just speaks. I don't listen to James nearly enough. I'm not slow to speak. I tend to be like, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times those thoughts are me. They're not God's thoughts. They're not what God wants me to say. So there's a good chance that I've offended you. If that's the case, I want to know. It's not going to hurt my feelings to know, but it will allow me to potentially heal our relationships. You coming to me, oh, wow, I've hit time already. Um, you coming to me with the stuff that, that, that I have done that offended you, one, like forgiveness, does a whole lot for you, the forgiver, than it does for me. Now, I have a lesson that I can learn from it. And Lord willing, when you approach your brothers and sisters with these things that might be bothering you, agitating you, they could be simple, they could be great. Lord willing, there's something that can be learned there on both sides, but the person that's being liberated, the person that's being freed, is you, the forgiver. So, man, 
I had more to say, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm gonna end on this note. A lot of times when we think about forgiveness or we think about the people that we might have, there may be reconciliations needed. We think of people that maybe we have hurt. But Jesus says in this text, before you give your gift at the altar, uh, there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. It doesn't mean that's justified. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Um, but even understanding that they have something against you, God is saying, yeah, go and, go and pursue reconciliation with that brother and sister. And we can only pursue reconciliation. Sometimes people don't want it, but it's important that we each individually do our part. All right, I'm going to pray real quick and then release you. So think about these things before you put together your, your statement today of like, what am I going to do this week? Think about the bitterness that might be growing in some corner of your life. Think about your relationships. Um, but let's pray, and I'll release you to tables to talk about the text. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, this group of brothers and sisters. I thank you for the vulnerability that we have here for the team uh, that we have working together as a body, all together, to love and grow together. God, we're going to make mistakes, but you're so much bigger than those mistakes. And so we just pray that you would be leading us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.